Is Purdue our top-ranked team heading into the 23-24 college basketball season, or will Kansas or Duke take the mantle? We're going to discuss our top 25 on today's Locked On College Basketball. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Happy Halloween and welcome in to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there, part, of course, of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He is the very spooky Isaac Shade. I am spooky. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Folks, we are getting straight into it today. Top 25 rankings as we get closer to the start of the college basketball season. It's part of a big week of episodes here on Lockdown College Basketball. We got bold predictions coming your way. We also got a mailbag. First time doing the mailbag coming your way on Friday. If you want to ask some questions, get some, get them answered on the show, you can join our Discord channel. We have a link in the show notes, whether you're on audio or video, click that link, join us on Discord. You'll be able to ask questions. We'll get them answered in that show later this week. But Isaac, for right now, top 25 poll, it's time for us to discuss who we got in that top 25. Myself, Isaac, and our uh, our regular guest on Thursdays, Leaf Tulin of the Locked On NBA Big Board, all got together, did our separate top 25s, combined them together for an aggregate top 25. We're going to talk about it here, starting with the top five teams. Not a lot of surprises here. Uh, the orders may be a little bit surprising, but I think it's generally the five that we've been seeing. We got Kansas at number one, Purdue at number two, Duke at number three, Michigan State at number four, and then Creighton, the Blue Jays out of the Big East coming in at number five. Isaac, seeing that top five, how, did that surprise you seeing the results that we had on our list here? Uh, if our Arkansas listeners have anything to do with it, yeah, apparently Purdue is way too high at number two because of uh, because of the results from Fayetteville over the weekend, um, which phenomenal. I love that that's happening, by the way. Yeah. Um, the biggest surprise here, maybe nationally, is Creighton being in the top five. It's yeah. not to me. I ranked them fifth. Uh, you or No, you had them fifth. I had them sixth. And mm-hmm. Leaf had them seventh. So right. we were all right there with Creighton at the top. Obviously the, the others are kind of right in line with where they are mm-hmm. uh, nationally and, and in the preseason AP poll and coaches poll, <clears throat> but um, Creighton being right here, um, you know, I, I think is the biggest upset, but I think mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think the cool kind of behind the curtains thing, and mm-hmm. you pointed this out to me is that none of the three of us had the same number one team. Yeah. And uh, that that might be the most interesting thing to me is that there was no alignment on that. I had Kansas. You had Purdue. Oh, Razorback fans, come after Andy. Let him know what a oh, terrible well. decision this is because <laughs> uh, the must-bust was rolling in Bud Walton Arena over the weekend. And then Leaf uh, voted Duke his number one team. So, Andy, mm-hmm. I, I think that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah, that was kind of what stood out to me was was just all having different number ones. I think there really is a compelling argument for all three teams, for Duke, for Kansas, for Purdue. Um, there's nobody else that I would really strongly state a case for being the preseason number one right now. Like, I think. Okay, Andy, teams- okay do it. Wipe those three away. Mm-hmm. If you had to go with a non-Kansas, non-Purdue, non-Duke team, who would you take number one? Well, I feel like I should probably go with the team that I had fourth, which for me individually was Houston. Um, I'm a little, 
Houston staying at number one would be difficult because uh, the move to the Big 12, I think, might you know cost them a little bit. But uh, that's who I have the fourth best team. So I think that's probably who I'd put there. I'm guessing nationally that the team that's going to be in that conversation is probably Michigan State. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make sense. Interesting. Well, moving on. So our top five again, we have Kansas, Purdue, Duke, Michigan State, Creighton. No real surprises there. Coming in at number six is Marquette. We've kind of seen that that run of three Big East teams all close together. That's the case here. You got Marquette at six. Houston comes in at number seven. And then you got Tennessee out of the SEC coming in at number eight, followed by the defending champion UConn Huskies at number nine. And then rounding it out with our first Pac-12 team, the Wildcats of Arizona coming in at number 10. Again, same question, Isaac. Any, any surprises to you? Anything that raises your eyebrows looking six through 10 here on this list? Well, uh, you know, Tennessee is one I know they're ninth nationally, uh, eighth for us. But uh, what's interesting is kind of our division on them. Yeah. You were the lowest at 11. I was the highest at four and leave kind of in the middle at six. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's so funny because, Andy, you you well know I was dogging on Tennessee mm-hmm. last year. And this year I'm going to be all in on the Rick Barnes train. Yeah. Um, part of that is because. From everything we're told, it sounds like Zakai Ziegler is going to be good to go sooner rather than later. When mm-hmm. exactly that is, I'm not sure. Um, but, man, from uh, what they've brought in in the transfer portal, chiefly Dalton Connect, who had a ridiculous move against Michigan State mm-hmm. in their uh, kind of exhibition this weekend, um, and Jordan Ganey. Between those two guys, they lit up the scoreboard against yeah. Michigan State this weekend. And so I'm I'm pretty bullish on Tennessee I know that we're not far from where they are nationally, but I I was curious to see kind of how different the three of us were from each other on the balls. Yeah. I'm a little lower on Tennessee. I mean, again, I have them 11th, so it's, it's not like I'm, I'm super down on this team necessarily. I think kind of right around the top 10 is, is the general consensus. Again, them coming in at eighth here uh, on our list feels kind of right compared to where a lot of other places are with them anyway. But I think for me, it's a lot of changes on that roster. I think a lot of positive changes for the most part, but they lost a lot of talent too. And I think it's more about seeing how all those pieces come together. You know, they spent the entire summer expecting to have Chris Ledlam in the mix. He leaves, they end up kind of having to to make some adjustments there. I'm less concerned about the backcourt, especially if if health isn't an issue for them. Front court, I think is solid. I think it's, it's, could be excellent, but I want to see a little bit more from it. Again, I have them 11th, so it's not like I think there are a lot of significant warts or holes on this team. It's more of like, eh, there are a few other teams that I'm a little bit higher on right now, but uh, it would not shock me if Tennessee, you know, does, if they beat Syracuse uh, in Maui and then they'll play either Gonzaga or Purdue, that I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if they win that game, depending on who they play there. And if they end up in that Maui championship against Kansas or Marquette or somebody like that, there's a real chance that, that our, our uh, look-ins in Tennessee will change by the time, you know, the third week in November rolls around and we're going to have them as a potential top five team. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Yeah. And kind of going back to our top 10, but not really for you or to our top five, but not really for you, Andy, Mm -hmm. Uh, Michigan state was fourth for us. Leaf and I were both a little bit higher and you were, you were seventh on them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what's funny. This is one of the teams that when I look back, I think doing it over again now, like Mm -hmm. as, as we continue to roll through things, I think as a team, I would probably bring down a little bit as well, closer to where Mm -hmm. you have them. Uh, why why did you put Michigan State a little bit lower than the national perception? Yeah, so it was more to do with with the other teams uh, in that mix. And, and I hmm. think people will probably have, like I have Marquette ahead of them. I have Marquette at six. 
I had Houston at four, Creighton at five, Marquette at six, then Michigan State at seven. And and using the argument of like, well, you know, we don't want to just reward teams who, who bring everybody back. That's part of why I'm re- rewarding Marquette. And Marquette lost Michigan State last year. So I can understand some argument against that as well, especially because Michigan State does have this really, really marquee group of freshmen coming into the mix, guys who are probably going to be in more reserve roles right away, along with a lot of veteran experience. I really do like Michigan State, but this is a team that, you know, they weren't elite throughout the regular season. Marquette was a better team for most of the regular season last year. Uh, They had a much higher seed in March. Of course, they lost to Michigan State in that game, but I don't think that that alone should be the reasoning for changing the argument here. And for me, I look at Michigan State as a really good borderline top 25 Mm -hmm. team last year who went on a deep run in the NCAA tournament, who brought back more or less the same team. They lose Joey Hauser, who I think is a tough loss for them. They get some freshmen in who I think have a chance to be really impactful from from day one, but this wasn't a top 10 team last year. So immediately rewarding them with the top 10 spot. Somebody did some research on this, and I apologize. I don't remember who it was, but I saw it on Twitter. Of Basically, teams that get overseeded the following year because of a deep March run rarely meet that threshold. Mm. I don't want to bet against Tom Izzo. Most people don't want to bet against Tom Izzo. And again, I have them seventh, so I still am putting them in the top 10. But right, I was exactly. Just, it's, I'm yeah. not sure that I want to have them a top three, top five team. I'm not sure if if they really merited that based on a couple good games in March. And again, uh, uh, what I think is a top 10 caliber roster, just not top five. I buy it. I'm in on it. I get it. So, Andy, I joked about uh, Purdue apparently should fall out of the top 25 after the the, uh, exhibition with Arkansas this weekend. But now the question is, where do we have the hogs falling? Not falling as in like low, but, you know, just dropping in on on our locked on top 25 after that scrimmage victory over Purdue. And what about postseason darling FAU? They did not make it into our top 10, Andy. We'll get to those squads in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked On College Basketball, it's brought to you by Game Time. Folks, the season is now less than a week away, and you know you're going to be needing last-minute tickets to one of these 362 D1 conference games uh, around the country this year. And if you want to do that, you need to get in on it with Game Time. I know they're going to have the tickets that you need. They're going to have them at a good price, and they're going to be able to show you what the view looks like from your seat right there in the app. I love that. I want to know what it looks like where I'm sitting. Game time, thank you. Game time, it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for any event you're looking for. Football, basketball, music, comedy, theater, you name it, they've got it. And in addition to that view from your seat feature, I also like things like their lowest price guarantee and the event cancellation protection, which helps you feel confident to go ahead and buy, knowing that even if something happens, you'll be good. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, one more weekend of college football, though, before we get to the first night of college basketball, make sure you tune in on Friday for Locked On College Football Kickoff Live on every Locked On College YouTube page, getting you ready for this weekend of college football action. Don't miss it, 11 a.m. to noon Eastern. Uh, Andy, you said it's Halloween. 
Uh, are you and your sweet bride uh, dressing up as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift tonight, or what? Is that is that what's happening? Not doing the Kelsey Swift thing. No, we're gonna we're gonna watch Hocus Pocus and hand out candy. That is our our tradition uh, as of last year since we've had this house, and that's what we're gonna do again. And I am greatly looking forward to it. Now, hang on. Tradition? It's only been a year. Andy, can you call it a tradition if it's been one year? I'm going to call it a tradition because I plan to do it for a long time going forward on Halloween. I love it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I love it. Okay. Hocus Pocus and doing the deal. I love it. Okay. So, Andy, now we move into the 11 through 20 range. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about Arkansas and FAU in that last thing. So, let me give you 11 through 15 and then we'll get some responses to that. Uh, Andy, 11, Villanova, 12, Texas, 13. That's where FAU drops in just a little bit lower than the AP poll uh, where they're 10th and the coaches poll where they're 9th. So we are lower on the Owls. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then here comes Arkansas at 14. And then Miami, the second ACC team coming in at 15. Andy, I mentioned Arkansas as we prepared for this segment. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Hogs here? We're all, we were consistent on them. You had them 16. I had them 15 and Leaf 14. Did you see enough this weekend or was that just, hey, it's an exhibition game in your home crazy environment, which was awesome, by the way. What did you learn about the Hogs this weekend? Or do we have them in the right spot? I think I think we have them in the right spot. I think the, the evidence, I mean, all three of us having them really close to each other, I think, you know, feels like we're all kind of on the same page as this team being a, a top 15 or, or right in that top 15 conversation and and the performance on Saturday didn't change that for me really at all. I, I did still have them as a, a 15 to 20 range team and I had them 16th year and that's kind of still where I feel they're at. I, I think that the performance on Saturday did show us some concerns about Purdue, but again, it was a, a, a really tough road environment for Purdue in a game that they weren't, not that they weren't trying to win. They obviously were trying to win, but it didn't count in the same way. And I think that, you, you want to take some of those results with a grain of salt. I know the majority of fans do understand that those results shouldn't be taken. No, no, Andy, let's overreact. That's my <laughs> favorite thing to do. But, I, I mean, I, Arkansas look great. I don't think they're not going to win a D1 game all year long because they lost <laughs> to a D2 team this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I do think Arkansas looked great, and I think the backcourt is going to be fantastic, especially as they continue to get work together and kind of adjust all new guys coming in after they lost that whole backcourt from last year's team. I still got some questions about the front court. I thought they looked good on Saturday as well, and, and I think that this is a, a top 15 team. I have Again, I have them 16th, so right in that mix as well, but um, I, I didn't see anything on Saturday that made me want to like – way move them up but certainly a lot of really positive things from eric musselman squad and nor move purdue down i would right. say right like to Correct. me this was more about um arkansas perhaps being better than some have thought mm-hmm. and purdue being worse like I, yeah. I think it's a function of that moment and by the way uh the ap poll the coaches poll and ken palm all have them 14th a little lower at torvik he's 22nd uh mm-hmm. on arkansas andy mm-hmm. uh we talked about fau as well they're as i said 10th in the ap poll 9th in the coaches poll, uh, we're a little bit lower. Leave the lowest at 17. You're 13. I'm 14 on the Owls. Similar to what you just said about Arkansas. I don't think that's any sort of disrespect. Like, if you told FAU, even like on Selection Sunday, if you had said to Dusty May, hey, going into next season, you're going to be 13th in the Locked On College Basketball Top 25, he first would have said, what's Locked On College Basketball? And yes. secondly, he would have said, Man, that's incredible. I can't believe we're ranked that high. Yeah. Fair? I think so. I think uh, 
it's it's interesting because there's two kind of opposing ideals here. Teams sometimes get overranked because of strong postseason performances that we talked about it with Michigan State. It happens literally every single year. On the flip side, mid-major teams that have success are often viewed as flukes or flashes in the pans for longer than you might feel that same way about a high-major team. For example, if Florida Atlantic was a, you know, if they had a different name, if they were named Michigan or Alabama or any other Power Five program, and they went to the Final Four last year and they brought all of their starters back, every single one of those teams, if they were a Power Five team, would be a top three team. Every one of them, I guarantee you. While FAU is a borderline top 10 team, we have them 13th. So while I think that there needs to be an element of not just rewarding teams for deep March Madness runs and not thinking about, you know, the rest of their offseason and various other things, like look at North Carolina. They got bumped all the way to number one for going on a deep run. And and, and I think for FAU, the, these ideas kind of met in the middle. And that's why FAU gets a top 10 ranking, which some people think, wow, that's way too high. Uh, this is a no-name program. They just had one good year. Well, as other people you know, might look at it and be like, this team went to the final four. They were a Lamont Butler jump shot away from going to the national championship game. They won 30 games. They brought everybody back. Why are we not considering them one of the five best teams in the country? And I think both ideas have merit. And I think that's why you end up seeing this team kind of get mooshed in the middle area where, you know, we have them 13. Cause for me, I was like, I, you know, I don't think I can't reasonably have them any lower than this for me because they had that tremendous run last year. They brought everybody back, but at the same time, people are going to look at the schedule even now in the AAC, which is a a really good basketball conference. And they're going to not give this team the credit that a power five team with the same situation would probably get. Also, uh, you just said mooshed. I'm very proud of you for yes, that. Thank you for I mean. that. <laughs> also, while you were literally in real time, while you were talking, my phone started blowing up and I couldn't figure out why. Here's another overreaction for you, Andy. In real time, mm-hmm. K- Kentucky Wesleyan. You ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you need to. Go ahead. They just knocked off Louisville in an exhibition game, 71 to 68. Uh, another D2 school upsetting a power of 16. So let's overreact to that, although that one's probably a little more real, unfortunately. To be fair, we didn't have that team uh, in our top 25, so I think we're good there. <laughs> All right, 16 to 20. Andy, let's move to the bottom mm-hmm. half of of the uh, midsection here. Uh, North Carolina, 16. Texas A&M, 17. St. Mary's, 18. Gonzaga, 19. And Baylor coming in at 20. Andy, let me give you uh, two things that stand out to me here. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, when I look back after I sent in my rankings, I have Texas A&M 17. Interesting, that's mm-hmm. where they landed. Mm-hmm. Leaf was the highest on them at 13. You were the lowest on them at 22. Andy, when I look back at the Aggies, I think this was a blind spot one for me where I, I look at everything they're bringing back and Wade Taylor and the fact that they finished what ridiculous number was it in the SEC last year, like 17 and three or something like yeah, that. Something, something huge. Yeah. Like I know everything you just said about FAU is 100% true. Mm-hmm. Even still with this, like Texas A&M, I could, I could be looking up a month from now and they're a top 10 team and it would not shock me in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Similarly, I wonder Baylor is one. If some of these pieces hit as mm-hmm. they very well could, we might be too low on them too at twenty. 
Yeah, I, I agree with both those 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 sentiments. I, again, I was the low man on on A and M, and I think part of it is is I think the SEC got a lot better. I think teams like Florida got better. I think teams like Tennessee got better. I, I think there's a handful of teams that are. I don't think they're going to go seventeen and three again. I guess is the best way to put it. But at the same time, this team was fantastic last year. Wade Taylor was incredible. He's back for another year. Like maybe it is a a oh they. Maybe it's like an, a bias on my part of they can't replicate that kind of success again, but maybe they can. And of all the teams in this kind of range right here, like, uh, you know, between 17 and 20, A&M, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, Baylor, like A&M's got as good a chance as any of those teams to be back in that top 10, top five conversation, to be honest. And, and Baylor, kind of the same thing. I have a lot of concerns about their front court, yeah, uh, specifically health with some of their guys. Uh, but if they're healthy and if that front court comes around, because the backcourt's going to be great, even if it's brand new, backcourt's going to be great. I think Ray J. Dennis is fantastic. Jacoby Walter is going to be yeah. excellent. Like that's a really good backcourt. Uh, just those two guys alone and the rest of the depth there is is great. But I got to see the front court. And okay. until I see those guys consistently produce, I'm going to be a little bit more worried about this team, particularly on the defensive end. But having said that, I had them at 18 and I feel pretty good about having them kind of right in that range for right yeah. now. I think North Carolina is right about where they need to be at 16. I think mm -hmm. some of the talent is there to potentially be higher, but we got to see it after what happened mm -hmm. last year. But then Andy, we've got these two West coast teams mm -hmm. right together at 18 and 19, mm -hmm. the Gales uh, at 18 and Gonzaga at 19. Apparently Leaf hates the West coast conference. <laughs> he had St. Mary's at 25 and Gonzaga inexplicably unranked. Yeah. Andy, this is, this is, I can't even think of what word this is. <laughs> I, I just am so flabbergasted by this uh, that he has done. Now, obviously, in the WCC preseason poll, St. Mary's was voted ahead of Gonzaga. And so I think the question is, is where they're at fair? And is the order that they're at fair? Yeah, you know, I so I had St. Mary's ahead of Gonzaga in my rankings. I had St. Mary's 14th. I had Gonzaga 17th. Uh, you had them right next to each other as well. You had Gonzaga 12 uh, and you had St. Mary's 13. So these are two teams that are very clearly kind of being packaged together in a lot of ways. And yeah, I think that is fair. I think these are honestly two really similarly matched teams. They're very different stylistically. That's what has made Gonzaga St. Mary's games so fun in the past. St. Mary's plays this very slow, methodical paced offense, whereas Gonzaga's go, go, go. But to me, Gonzaga has to replace a lot of starters. They have to replace their all-time leading scorer in Drew Timmy, and that's not something that's that's easy to do. Julian Strother's out the door, two veteran guards out the door, and Smith and Bolton. But I like the addition. I like Ryan Nemhart. I like Graham E.K. if he's healthy. I think this is a team that can can absolutely – I don't think this is the best Gonzaga roster by any stretch. It's not that 21 team with Jalen Suggs, but it's a team that I think is going to be in that top 15 conversation throughout the year, probably get a three or a four seed, maybe make another run to the Elite Eight like they've done in the past. And St. Mary's – all you really need to know about St. Mary's is that Aiden Mahaney is an absolute dude, <laughs> and he is going to will that team to some victories this year that they have no business winning. And I there's not a, there's not a coach in the country that wants to play Randy Bennett and the Gales. I promise you – Promise you that. Well, we got five more teams to discuss, Isaac, and then we're going to talk about the few teams that got votes that did not make our top 25 and maybe some other teams that we think could sneak into this conversation as the season goes on. All of that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can bet can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is crazy easy to use. There's a really wide range of betting options. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And right now, we're starting to get some college basketball preseason awards. The Wooden Award odds have been released. Zach Eady, the obvious front runner at plus 155. If you want to make some money, you can bet on Zach Eady there. If you want to take some shots too, Hunter Dickinson at 750. Kyle Filipowski from Duke at 900. Donovan Klingen from UConn at 1700. And then the big fella from North Carolina, Armando Baycott, coming in at plus 2000 as well. So folks, Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, Isaac, five more teams to discuss here within our top 25 rankings and then a pair of teams that received some votes that we want to get to as well. I'm just going to tell you the final five teams on our list, and we can banter from there. So 21, Kansas State, Jerome Tang and the Wildcats there, 22, USC Trojans, we got ourselves a little West Coast run here. 23 is the Aztecs of San Jose State. 24, or excuse me, San Diego State, not San Jose State. Let's make sure we get that right. All these <laughs> Spartans out there at San Jose State. Uh, so 23, San Diego State. 24. Had a square. <laughs> 24 is UCLA. And then rounding out our top 25, another group of Wildcats, this time, of course, John Calipari and Kentucky at 25. Isaac, we can start anywhere, but I really do want to start with Kentucky because they barely snuck in. To All of us had them a little higher than 25th, but just because of the way the, the numbers Average. worked out, they oh, come yeah. in right at 25. Uh, where do you where do you kind of see this team, one of the more kind of confounding teams in college basketball right now? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's the thing is the talent, Andy, is so clearly there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the front court is so banged up. We don't know who's going to be the starting five, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like the injury bug is just yeah. raining in Lexington, folks. Steer clear right now. Don't go get that L8. It can wait. Um, but I, I look at Kentucky and Duke similarly because of how they've recruited for years now. Yeah. Whereas we have Duke where we do. Yeah. Why is that? Because there's a guy named Jeremy Roach coming back. There's yeah. a guy named Kyle Filipowski coming back. There's a guy named Tyrese Proctor coming back. There's a guy named Mark Mitchell coming back. I could continue you on. Mm-hmm. And that means that these super talented freshmen, TJ Power, Stuart, McCain, these guys, mm-hmm. they don't have to take on the same role in Durham, North Carolina that they do in Lexington, Kentucky. So they can come off the bench and just excel that way. Mm-hmm. Kentucky has to have these talented freshman guys, Rob Dillingham, all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Edwards, keep mm-hmm. keep naming them. Yeah. Um, DJ White, like I'm forgetting people. There's yeah. so many of them. Um, thank goodness, Antonio Reeves. Thank goodness, Trey Mitchell. You know, yeah. like John Calipari goes to bed at night and is like, thank goodness for whatever happened with Coach Huggins because we got yeah. Trey Mitchell out of the deal, right? Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's like, y'all, you got to hope that these dudes – live up to who they are because there there is no like relying on them as um support they yeah. have to be the dudes and that to me is the difference but they i mean they could come out and go bonkers and if so 25 is way too low mm-hmm. i mean from a purely talent talent standpoint andy this is a, a top five-ish team mm-hmm. from talent mm-hmm. unquestionably top 10 i think yeah 
Yeah, okay, maybe top five is too high. Top 10 talent standpoint, but you got to get old and stay old right now mm-hmm. in college basketball. And if you can't, you're not doing it. And so that is where my hesitation is on Kentucky. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you look at Duke and Duke for Duke to reach their highest potential, they basically just need one freshman to pop, McCain. If he is who he is, then Duke is probably going to be where they're expected to be. Kentucky needs like four. Like, and that's not to say it won't happen. This is the number one recruiting that's class right. that's for, right. for a reason. And while it's considered a weak class, like they got, I mean, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, Rob Dillingham, is Vonimir Avisic, if he's uh, eligible. Aaron like, Bradshaw, if he's healthy. Aaron yeah. Bradshaw. Yeah, this is a really good group of players, but you you can't just hope that like, okay, well, if two of them pop, we're going to be fine. If two of them pop and Antonio Reeves is Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell is good. This team is probably still a top 25 team, but honestly, we, have, probably, we haven't named Reed Shepard. I knew there was somebody else. I was yeah. Thinking. You know, if, if a few of these guys pop, if, if Wagner's awesome and Edwards is awesome, the other guys are kind of, you know, freshmen, you know, have some inconsistencies that probably puts this team like fourth or fifth, maybe even sixth in the sec because of how good the sec is. If all of the freshmen pop, yeah, this team's awesome. But you're, you're asking a lot because these dudes are going to be playing against 26-year-olds. You know, that's what college basketball is these days. So I'm very intrigued by Kentucky. We spent a lot of time on the team right at the bottom of this list. But uh, they're one of the most intriguing teams in college basketball. There's a reason they were one of our top five storylines on uh, Monday's episode of the show, too. It's just a, an intriguing team to watch this year. Andy, the other one is, is the top of this portion of the list. Kansas mm-hmm. State, we have them 21st. This is probably our biggest discrepancy from the AP poll. Yeah. They're not even ranked. They're in others receiving votes, and they're 35th overall at the AP poll, yet we have them 21. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, why why do you think we believe more in the Wildcats in year two under Jerome Tang? Go Wildcats, by the way, uh, in year two of Jerome Tang. Yeah, I, I think uh, I really like the additions that they made, and I think a lot of people are focused on the, on the losses, and that's understandable. Some really significant losses in that program in Noel and Johnson, but uh, for them to get – Arthur Kaluma in from Creighton. I think he's a, a really unheralded, underrated, really nice addition for them. He's not going to exactly be Keontae Johnson because that's a tough player to replicate, but Kaluma can do a lot of different things. And then there's Tyler Perry, one of the best pure scorers in college basketball. I mean, an unbelievable volume shooter. And I think he fits what Jerome Tang likes to do really well. And I think that's what I love about this. I like that the additions that they made, in particular Perry and Kaluma, really fit with Jerome Tang's style. So I had them 25th. They just snuck into my rankings. You guys were both a little bit higher on them. But to me, like having them 10 spots out of the top 25 was a surprising result from the AP poll because I think this is a top 25 team. I completely agree with you, Andy. I've got them ranked where I do for everything you just laid out. There's two teams that you mentioned that we didn't have in uh, in our rankings, but that did get a vote. That was Illinois. Mm-hmm. Leaf had them at 23rd, and then Alabama. I had them at 25th. They're mm-hmm. they're floating right there in that same range. Like it's funny in the AP poll, Alabama's 24th and Illinois 25th. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I don't even know that we need to have much conversation with them. No. Uh, a little bit of a flip-flop as we get into the first week or two of the season, and they're right into this poll. And yeah. so um, there, there's definitely some teams to mention there uh, as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I mean, the fact that the only teams that that made the top 25 that somebody didn't vote for, we, we mentioned Leaf didn't vote for Gonzaga. You didn't have UCLA, who they came in at 24, so they barely snuck into the list. I had them at 24. 
as well. But for the most part, there was a lot of consensus on this group. And I think it'll right. be interesting to see a week, two weeks, three weeks into the season, you know, does Illinois sneak in? Does Alabama sneak in to, to our poll? Of course, they're in that AP poll as well. And then some other teams that might be in the mix as well. I know we're you know a little short on time, but like Colorado's a team that I think could sneak into that conversation. Wisconsin, uh, Maryland are teams that I think could potentially sneak into that conversation out of the Big Ten as well. I think there's 35, 40 pretty good teams in college basketball this year, just yeah. kind of looking at Ken Palm and Torvik and, and whatnot. And I, I think that we got ourselves a really good list here, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing overhaul a fair amount uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, a couple others that I had that didn't make it. Virginia was under consideration for me. TCU was under consideration. Indiana, if McKenzie mm-hmm. and Baco can stay away from Taco Bell, <laughs> um, any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're checking that. I, I love that. Man, I love Colorado. I really hope they're just awesome this year. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. Andy, this is such a fun conversation. As you said, we got some great shows coming up this week. Bold predictions, mailbag. It's going to be great, and we're less than a week away from real games. I cannot believe it. If you want to be in on that with us, having great college basketball conversation all season long, come join the Discord. As Andy said earlier, the link is in the show notes, both on video and audio. You everydayers, thanks so much for being here with us. You can follow us all on Twitter. Subscribe to the show on video and audio. Smash the like button to let us know you're here, and we'd love to hear your comments on our top 25 where you think we're spot on and where you think we're dead terribly wrong, particularly if it's Leaf. Let him know about that. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. We're going to explain that one in our mailbag episode. Also, go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.